Hey everyone, today's short episode, we're going to react to the Super Bowl and talk about what I got wrong on the cold case of Saquon Barkley. Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. All right, we're back, everyone, for another short episode. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. There was a bunch of major points and narratives being talked about. Uh, it was a fun game. I did enjoy it. It was a little, you know, different not seeing Tom Brady then there, but that's that's all right. That's all right. Um, the the Rams did pull it off. Uh, I thought that they would have a little bit better time. I, I said they would win by two scores. I thought maybe twenty-seven to thirteen. Um, Without Odell getting hurt and without a, a terrible penalty that did not get called that allowed a 75-yard Higgins touchdown, that very easily could have ended up being the score, but it wasn't, but they still won anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll start with with that. Right in the middle of the game, Odell was was doing pretty well. And look, this is a, a known um, hashtag Odell Beckham hater. I guess, hashtag hater, whatever. Uh, look, just because I think he's not as good as everyone's thought he would be for a while now uh, doesn't mean I'm a hater. I was actually, I'm on the record saying I could see him moving up to wide receiver three if he stays with the Rams next year, solidified in that wide receiver two role on the team with Woods coming back. And it would be interesting how the two of them would uh, coexist. But I could definitely see him on a productive offense, still scoring touchdowns, still getting fantasy points, and finishing in the, you know, wide receiver 36-ish, give or take, uh, you know, a few range. I was perfectly willing to grant him that. I don't think he's a bad player. He is above average. Uh, but we've seen players go on good playoff runs that are just, you know, okay players. Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey was an older player who had um, Alshon Jeffrey, not Aguilar. I was thinking of Aguilar as being a not very good player who had a, a decent playoffs, but on that same team then, I thought of Alshon Jeffrey, the Eagles team, that uh, he, he had a great playoff run. Turns out he was a little bit hurt and uh, continued to get hurt like he usually had been. And was towards the end of his career and put up like maybe 400 yards the next season and then has disappeared and he's gone. And I could very easily see that being the trajectory for Odell. Of course, now we know that he had the ACL. And so that changes the picture entirely. I, And that's unfortunate. That really is unfortunate. Like I said, I was uh, perfectly willing to be higher on him than I have been, but once again, I thought he was going to disappoint. Um, so I hope you didn't buy into too much hype there. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate that he got hurt, though. So now at this point, it's a wait and see how well he recovers and comes back before you can do anything with him in Dynasty. If you got him, you, you stash him on IR, and that's about it. All right. Uh, moving on to some of the play, I thought uh, Joe Burrow played pretty well. As far as that whole offense, they pretty much looked like what we thought. A whole lot of criticism going on for their use of the running backs. Uh, Mixon was getting some decent runs, and they kept using Pirine, Samaje Pirine, in the third down role. 
just like they always have. There, there's a couple things here I do want to point out. I'm not a big like football X's and O's. Hey, I played I played football in college. I didn't. I didn't play football in college, high school. Um, but I'm pretty sure that there's packages, right? And you can criticize them for just running out the same old package on third down as usual. But I'm pretty sure you have to practice and be a part of the plays that are practiced for those packages. Why do we think that Joe Mixon would just be able to step in on third down and know what the heck's going on? Uh, I would expect he would have had to practice those plays and know the calls and be prepared. And if he isn't, that's maybe his fault. Or if the coaches has prepared him to go into those roles, then that's where there's absolutely valid criticism on the coaching. Absolutely. Why weren't you preparing him? Why aren't you just using him all the time in that role? And then just using Pirine here and there to give Mixon a breather to, you know, let him survive the season, right? Um, but I don't think it's a really strong criticism to say that just because they're in the playoffs now and now the Super Bowl that they should change up what they've been doing. Like, I don't know the exact play, but it was a very similar dump-off pass to Pirine that went for the first touchdown against the Chiefs. Remember, he caught it, caught some blockers, ran for a touchdown. That was their first uh, second quarter before the halftime touchdown, finally broke it open, and that kind of was the momentum swing. That was Pirine on a similar dump-off pass. I, I don't know how similar, I just know it was the same to the right side, short pass, and then he ran with it. Um, so it's you can't say it hasn't worked because it it did. Uh, so I I feel like there's a lot of criticism going on for that play, for the play selection. The the problem is the, and I'm sorry, I was just talking about the fourth down there, the little pass out. Um, the problem was the third down where they decided to actually run the ball with P. Ryan as if to catch the Rams by surprise. And I think that was a mistake in play calling. Um, again, I don't think it matters that it was P. Ryan and Mixon because quite honestly, Mixon is a very good above average, you know, starting running back. But I say he's above average, but he's like the definition of your average quality starting running back. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think he is super special. Um, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he is exceptional. He is right in the middle. He is a quality starter. You give him the work and he produces, but he's not special either. Um, you give a running back like P. Ryan, a good play, you block for it well, and he will get that first down. You you don't, maybe just don't rush at Aaron Jones, at Aaron Donald, maybe 
just don't rush at Aaron Donald. Okay. I think that's the bigger problem here. Not P. Ryan, not Mixon, not, none of those things. It's play selection. Um, I would look if it worked, everyone would think it was genius that they tricked them that they were running the ball with P. Ryan uh, when usually they throw the ball when he's in on third down. You know, it, all kinds of options are available there. I, I don't take some people were talking about play clock and there was a minute left and you don't want to run the ball and have the time. No, if they get the first down, all they care about right at that point is getting the first down. They had two timeouts still. Like, just get the first down. You can run your next play with 40 seconds left if you need to. You're in your half of the field. You're good to go. That should not have been a concern. You just needed the first down. And they didn't get it. So great job, Aaron Donald. Great job by the Rams. I feel like it's a real shame that Aaron Donald can't get the MVP, Super Bowl MVP as well, because he obviously came up pretty big with a couple plays. But uh, if it couldn't have been him, I'm very glad it was Cooper Cup. Um, I'm going to be dedicating an entire episode to Cooper Cup here in the near future, so you can look forward to to that. Um, what else? The, the play that was missed, or just in general the play, the ref's uh, play calling, I mean <laughs> penalty calling. So the referees for the most part, let them play. And so there's a lot of criticism out there about how suddenly they started calling, throwing flags in the end zone, red zone, at the end of the game. And that somehow this was inconsistent with the rest of the game and it's rigged. Okay. I'm sorry, but that's not how it works. So referees will let them play, quote-unquote, let them play, but you you have to respect that as a player. If you're playing as a player in a game where there, it's clear the referees don't want to decide the game, it's a little bit of an unwritten understanding that you're, you're going to respect that. And you're not going to do anything too stupid, too egregious that you're going to force them to call a penalty, right? You respect that they're letting you play by trying to play within the bounds of the rules still and not force them to call anything. That's how it works. If you consistently and repeatedly commit a foul, just a little borderline here, and you keep doing it and doing it and doing it, it's going to get called eventually. So a lot of people were pointing to how Jalen Ramsey was pulling on the jersey of T. Higgins who was trying to get uh, a touchdown pass, right? Um, earlier in the game. I can't remember exactly one second quarter or something like that. And that, by the way, is just classic move. I mean, I can't count the number of times I saw like Darrell Revis do that same kind of thing where you're not holding it out against your arm. He's kind of holding it in tight at his hip. And he's just keeping, it's just like a little leash. He's just, he's just, uh, you know, heel, you know, uh, with, with T Higgins. He's not letting it stretch out. I mean, it was stretched out, but it wasn't, we've seen far worse. Um, and it's down low, not up high. So it's just, it's just kind of hiding it. And, um, we, we've seen that so many times. That is a classic veteran cornerback move. And yeah, sometimes they get away with it, but it, 
come on, if you're an NFL fan and you watch the NFL consistently, that is nothing to blink at. It happens all the time. And you wish it gets called. You hope it gets called. But it often doesn't. And in a game they're letting you play, it often doesn't. But you know what does get called and should be called every single time is a super obvious face mask grab and pull that allows you to be wide open to catch the ball and run for a 75-yard touchdown. There is no excuse for this. And now we have a situation in the Super Bowl where that could have completely altered the game and it never should have counted. It did count. The Bengals got away with one. And then we saw in the second half several times passes by the Rams up the middle. First, Sony Michelle, just, you know, straight up the middle, short pass to the running back coming across and defender on his back, really, really questionable close. And it happened again on that, that final drive by the Rams. This time it was Henderson. And really, really close to being able to be called. And finally, they did call it. And they gave him the first down. That was the initial call. And it that one wasn't that bad. It was the kind of call that you'd be like, well, if you're letting him play, you don't call that. But if you've been doing it, and this is the third recent time that you've done it, it's going to get called. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying when you let them play, it doesn't mean there's not a line. It doesn't mean there's no line. It means stay within the lines. And as soon as you start to push it a lot, you're going to start getting those calls. And uh, that one, the, that one was the questionable one. The next two were not questionable. Uh, now, obviously, the, I say the next two. The next one was the penalty on both sides. It was definitely uh, a legal hit on Cup, but there was a hold by the Rams too offsetting again you can't say that they're just giving the rams all the calls because they would have just not called the holding on them and that was a touchdown okay they did call it offsetting ran the play again and you held i'm sorry but that one was a definite hold as he's going towards the corner of the end zone and the arms around the hip that was definitely a hold i'm sorry it was okay and so they get another fresh downs and finally they get the touchdown to cup and that's you know that's the lead gives them the lead that allows them to win um so those were the major things i wanted to hit on with the with the refereeing look just because you're letting them play doesn't mean there's not a line that has to be um respected and if you continue to push it it will get called that's why you see calls all of a sudden in games happen it's because all game you've been within the lines and now you're pushing it it's not because they suddenly decided to change the way they were calling the game. No, the players changed the way they were playing the game. Because they're tired, it's the end of the game, they're getting desperate, and they're making mistakes. It's simple as that. You, you can't find, for me, an example where on three different occasions at the end of the single drive, the Rams were holding like that over and over and over. It didn't happen. Now, they were in the situation where they, well, they kind of were on that last defensive drive, right? 
but they actually made the stops. Um, should the last thing should Aaron Donald have been called for offsides? Yeah, he probably should have. Oh, remember we've seen that in uh, in previous. Well, we've seen that in AFC games against the Patriots. Uh, famously happened. Uh, was that Baker that time? I don't remember, but uh, famously there was a case where that was the the, the call that gave the Patriots, um, and then the Buccaneers. But uh, initially, the first time it happened, the Patriots, the first down, let them continue, and they scored and went to Super Bowl. So uh, that's that, guys. Um, that's it for Super Bowl. That was almost too long for Super Bowl. But that's okay because it's not going to take me long to talk about Saquon Barkley and what we got wrong there. Uh, Barkley, I had much higher. I anticipated a slow start. But I thought that even with the Giants' offensive concerns, he was going to be a big part of their solution. And I think they tried to initially. And he actually had a stretch in October with some good games. was looking positive. Um, but he had some, I think he had a little bit of injuries here and there, setbacks. And then the rest of the offense had a ton of injuries for Shepard. Then, I, I mean, just almost everybody, um, including it to eventually even Daniel Jones. I think this was just a case of massive system failure across the board for the Giants. And I wouldn't, I'm not going to read into it too much. I, I think he had his bad season coming back from health. He's still 24 years old. Uh, now, I'm, I'm thinking he turns 25 in season, but he is not old. Um, he, I believe, is going to return being a running back one. is a definite value, even in dynasties, especially startups. People are concerned. There's even possibility of him getting traded or something if the Giants decide to completely, their new GM shown, if he just decides to completely clear the board, the, the roster, the, 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 the money, and move on. There's a possibility Barkley could be moving into a better situation. Um, again, at the least, I think he's a core part of that offense for them to be successful. We saw that offense actually doing pretty well at the beginning of the season before Barkley was 100%. But as he was getting healthier, the rest of the team was regressing. And they never were on the same page. So I think there's a good possibility that Saquon Barkley returns to running back uh, one top 12 form in 2022 and I think he's a value uh, what did I get wrong specifically and I was maybe too hopeful about his about his health situation now again I think he is going to and has and did return but there's always the possibility for re-injury, and when you're recovering and returning from an injury, the the risk of those kind of setbacks is heightened. After another full off season and a season where he got back into it, I think he will be good. And it's not going to be the same going into this season as it was for him going into the last season because he's been through all of that. And now 
he is ready to go and go into camp full speed. He didn't have that last year. He was still recovering. He's going to go into camp ready to go full speed and be ready for the season, you know, football uh, conditioning and everything like that. So I was wrong to be a little bit too helpful, hopeful, and I, I was maybe wrong to um, discount the poor offense as a whole. Now you can say, Josh, you're going to make him the same exact mistake. It's going to be a bad offense again next year. I understand that, but I think even in the bad offense, the just his raw health is a major part of it. And once that's taken care of, he will return. Like I said, we, he was putting up 20-plus games uh, there for a little little while before the re-injuries and then the rest of the team getting injured and collapsing. So um, part of this is there's a little bit of something to learn here, but also there's just injury. So this was a tough one to talk about. Not a lot to take from it. I just wanted to point out that maybe I was a little bit too hopeful on the return. Um, and then point out that I think he is a value actually going into next season. So that was something actionable I wanted to get out to you guys right now if you're doing early startups. I did one. I got Saquon Barkley at the 302 in a startup. So I was able to get two super flexes. I got two quarterbacks early on. Kind of went for a different approach. That's not my favorite. But uh, when Saquon was there, I'm like, I'm getting a running back one in the third round. I'll take it. Um, so feel free to go after him. If you have him, I would hold him. I wouldn't sell him at these prices because he's going to have, if he has a good start to next season, his his value is going to rebound entirely uh, to what it should be for a young stud, 24, 25-year-old starting running back who is an every-down kind of back. All right, this is not Mixon. Okay, so if Mixon can do what he just did, obviously much better offense, but he is average in usage, efficiency, everything. Barkley, we've seen much better from him, especially in the receiving game, and they need help in the receiving game, and that's what he wasn't really getting used in, uh, and that's one of the first things to drop off when you're hurt. So, all right, guys, Saquon Barkley, value, go ahead and buy him. I think for cheap now in startups and maybe even in trades, depending on if the right team has him, you might be able to get it, get him from them uh, at a, a good price. All right. Next time this one, see these keep going longer than I intend, but I 20 minutes isn't too bad. We'll have another one and I'll try to maybe stop sticking more than one thing in one episode. That's probably the solution. Uh, my mistake. Uh, check us out uh, tomorrow night. I'm going to be on with the Toilet to Titles guys talking about our rankings. So that should be fun. If you're familiar with them, check me out. Keep an eye out for it on YouTube. And I'll get links up on Twitter at FusionFFB. All right, guys. See you next time.